welcome to LA Redux, your favorite podcast for LA news. I'm here as always with the always lovely Alex Schmidt. Thank you. I'm happy to be here like every other week. Alex, corruption. Corruption has once again gripped the heart of Los Angeles, has it not? It has. It has. John Noguez, as we've learned, is the correct pronunciation of the guy's name. Yes, I, uh, I had to email uh, reporter Gene Mattis uh, to ask him how to pronounce uh, John Noguez. He's the L.A. County uh, assessor, and he was arrested last week for 24 counts uh, of things. 24, 24 counts, including bribery and conspiracy. You know... Assessor is this this role that um, requires you to assess the taxes of properties, and this seems like a position that must always like it's just asking for corruption and graft. It's, it's quite funny. It's a it's an elected position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, one of this guy this guy. Uh, this this tax agent uh, was giving him campaign contributions and then also gave him uh, $185,000 in bribes. Uh, DA, the district attorney, Steve Cooley, called this the largest and most significant corruption case. Uh, I don't have an end to that quote. So <laughs> in, in what, in, in however long a time, it's a big deal. Right. And it also, but you know, there's all of these other elected officials, like we've been talking about the horrible things happening in the sheriff's department where... These folks have like tremendous power and they've built up these little principalities with so many people answering to them. Um, And it just makes you wonder, it makes me wonder how much of this is going on that we have no idea about. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, Unless he resigns, he'll continue to draw his $193,000 salary. How are these salaries figured out? This is crazy. They're assessed. $193,000 by whom? By him. By the assessor. The assessor assesses his own salary, of course. But it's not enough to pay for his bail. His bail was set at $1.16 million, right. and he can't afford that. So he sits in jail, but he's still uh, he's still getting the salary. How do we know he can't afford that? Did they assess his bank account balances? and then? Well, that, that's true. We don't know he can't afford it, but he's not paying it. Let's move to City Hall. So much, so much to talk about in City Hall. Let's just try to burn through it quickly. Uh, digital billboards. Uh, City Council back to plan to create a special law protecting digital billboards. Alex? I guess it would shield the digital billboards from further legislation against them? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a court case going on right now that could, uh, that could force uh, billboard companies to take down about 100 digital signs. Uh, but Clear Channel, which owns a lot of these signs, actually helped write this resolution uh, that, would, uh, that would earn the city $25 million a year, but would allow these uh, digital billboards to stay up. Yeah, and um, there's clearly some behind-the-scenes really nasty mm. stuff going on. But, um, you know, we like to mock L.A. for all its absurd bans. And we've, we do. we've done that many times on this podcast. But I think this is one of those places where, you know, like the visual landscape is one arena where I would like some intervention. I, I completely agree. And uh, this is a, another area where the city council has, has done a horrible job of uh, regulating the environment. First of all, um, it, it's, it's shocking to me that these things aren't uh, taxed more um, because uh, as it is now, these billboard companies pay uh, certain inspection fees, but they don't really pay a tax to sort of, you know, you know the idea is that they're taking something that, that is public, right? Our perspective is a public, uh, uh, you know, resource and they are not paying, they're not paying us for it, um, which is a, a little outrageous. So given that they're not paying, what would this protection even 
offer the city. I mean, one of the rationales that I've heard for keeping the billboards is that it's an income source for the city. But from what you're saying, it, it it's will not be. It will be if this passes. Oh. These 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 God. digital billboards so would be. So this isn't this isn't just shielding them. It's also ensuring that we get proper revenue from them. Exactly, and that's what the the city councilman voting for it. That was their their rationale. Okay. Well, nonetheless, I'd rather I guess see less income from them and have them just be more gone. It, it's also just very very troubling that this company uh, Clear Channel can have so much influence uh, in City Hall. All the digital bill, all the billboard companies, we should say, um, are big big campaign contributors, and and they wield uh, a lot of influence. Um, ID cards, the ID card issue, uh, ID cards for illegal immigra- immigrants uh, that passed uh, City Council Committee. This is a big deal if this actually ends up going through. These are cards that um, take the, you know, right now the main identifier that we have are driver's licenses. This would sort of be um, another form of identification that most anybody would be able to get, and it's called the city service, the so-called city services card. Uh, and it would include the user's name, address, date of birth, and possibly other identifying information. And this would be available to undocumented immigrants, and it has moved through a city council committee. So um, it's closer to becoming reality. Um, of course, there are folks that hate this, given rhetoric against illegal immigrants that's out there. Um, but, you know, actually, I really liked... Um, Ron Kay's perspective on this. He talked about how this is really a public safety issue and that we have hundreds of thousands of people who are this sort of shadow community in Los Angeles and we don't know who they are, we don't know where they live or what they do, um, and this will help us keep track of more of the people who live in our communities. Uh, I completely agree. Uh, let's uh, let's let's move on to another another big thing that happened today. Uh, Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa came out calling for uh, more layoffs in, uh, in the, among the city employees. Uh, Two hundred nine more layoffs to close um, this year's uh, budget deficit. The, the even with the layoffs, uh, the city would still face a deficit next year of uh, two hundred sixteen million dollars. You know the the city is in this horrible is in this horrible mess. And uh, you've got to cut something. It's it's in a way it's the worst type of cut because uh, what happens when you lay workers off is services get cut. Um, so uh, in a perfect world, I think you would you would simply just cut salaries, but you can't do that because of union contracts. Is that really true? I, I would imagine there's quite a bit of middle management not doing a whole lot. I, I don't know that that could be the case. Um, I'm sure there are people that would argue that, but. Um, uh, you know, usually what happens when you when you cut these uh, these employees is that is that services get cut. Um, but uh, but there's a big pension proposal that I've that I've written about uh, that's also aimed at cutting the city budget. Um, former Mayor Richard Reardon came out with this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he has a plan to. Uh, I, you know, David Zonheiser told me not to use the word pension reform. So I've been right. I've been very careful about uh, trying what not to use to reform. Pension I believe change. he wanted to call it pension change, which yeah. really just has a horrible ring to it. Mm-hmm. But um, but I've been trying, Dave. I really have. Um, so they'll be uh, they'll be gathering signatures pretty soon and to try to put this on the May ballot. Tell us more. Tell us more about what's exactly what exactly is proposed. Well, there's uh, three parts. Um, current employees would be asked to contribute more to the pensions. Um, it would uh, basically slow the growth of pensions, and it would also put future employees into 401k plans instead of these sort of guaranteed uh, pensions. Which is so much more of what everybody else deals with in terms of their retirement plans, right? 
Exactly. Um, a lot of people say, oh, well, we, you know, we want workers to have pensions and we want workers to have good retirement. And that's true. But, um, but, but city employees tend to get so much better treatment when it comes to uh, health care and, and retirement than the rest of the workers do. And, and yes, in a perfect world, everyone would have you know, free money and, and sunshine and lollipops. But um, that's just not the case. And a, a, as you can see from the, from the proposed layoffs today, um, the city really is in a, in a, big, in a big fix. And, and, in, and the pensions uh, are this kind of continuing and growing drain on the uh, on the general fund, the general the general something. City they always they always call it the general something. Mm -hmm. uh, general the fund. general fund, yeah, yeah, the general fund, um, yeah. Yeah, and so um, I guess one thing that happened in regards to this sort of um, in, in regards to the pension issue is that it's giving the mayoral candidates uh, a way to sort of differentiate themselves. Um, the three top candidates um, are longtime city operatives and. There haven't been that many key differences among them, um, but uh, Eric Garcetti came out and said that he would oppose this type of shift to the 401k plan. So he's coming down, you know, you could say more on the side of the unions um, than the other candidates who I guess are in favor of this shift. Let me let me uh, let me just say so this would this would be on the May ballot if it gets enough signatures, which would put it on the same ballot as the mayoral runoff. Um, so the top two candidates, would, this would be a major issue, and it would probably even come up uh, before in the primary. Now, um, Eric Garcetti basically came out and said, you know, I'm against, you know, he basically just said, I'm against, you know, workers going to a 401k. Uh, Jen Perry and uh, uh, Wendy Gruel were, well, you know, I don't know, they kind of, they kind of hedged, hedged a bit. Um, and Kevin James, uh, the sort of outsider candidate, the leading outsider candidate, um, said, I I'm in favor of it. Um, now, since then, uh, it, it, it seems that all three of the top uh, sort of insider candidates, uh, for lack of a better word, are, are basically against the plan. Um, I, I think you could, you could say that Eric Garcetti is more strongly against the plan uh, than so the other two. So have, have Perry and, um, who's the other one? Gruel. Have Perry and Gruel come out and said that they are also against it, or is it just sort of inferred? It, it is inferred. Uh, it's, you know, through, I actually asked um, all three of the candidates for statements and they gave it to me and I didn't, I didn't publish it um, uh, because my editor didn't want to. <laughs> um. that's, that's, I mean, Kevin James for mayor. Really? Oh my God. They're all, none of them are going to come out and say that we should switch to the 401ks. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it is something of a radical uh, shift, and I and I I wouldn't I wouldn't discount the possibility that that maybe one of the other candidates comes out in favor of, but I think they're it's a decision that they're going to try to put off for as long as they can. No, it, it will I think it will be a huge issue um, in the election, and it is likely to be a plan that is popular uh, among among voters as it was. You know, this this plan is modeled on similar measures that passed in San San Jose and San Diego. Um, San Diego, kind of a conservative city, but San Jose, very, very liberal. Um, and they passed their very harsh pension plan uh, overwhelmingly. Mm. So. so I guess they'll refine their positions as we get closer. Uh, speaking of refining, uh, the uh, Nelly developer was ordered to let hikers use trails on his land. Alex, tell us about this. This guy named Mohammed Hadid, who has built a bunch of hotels and mega mansions, um, owned this owned 97 acres um, near Franklin Canyon Park that he planned to build m some mega mansions on this, you know, ridge. 
um, and a group of folks who used these trails that went went through his land uh, brought a lawsuit against him, and they ruled in favor of the hikers and said that um, the property owner had to provide access to the trails. Um, you know, when when you read comments these days, you could read um, a story about bubblegum, and somehow commenters will find a way to link it to the presidential election and the polarized political atmosphere. And, and we could talk about bubblegum, and Alex would still read the comments. That's so true. That's completely true. I love the comments. But um, this fight really does reflect those issues, you know, the private um, enterprise versus the public good that we're hearing on the presidential stage right now. Um, and people are either very angry about this move or very supportive of it as you, as you read the comments, as you might imagine. Um, but, you know, we have certain laws that um, provide access to natural spaces, like the coastal access that we have. And I'm not quite sure why the same types of rules don't apply to inland spaces that have value. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Malibu used to be uh, entirely private property. And uh, it was it was next to impossible to to get from uh, Ventura County to L.A. County uh, without you know without trying to cross this road. And it had it had a gate on it. You had to get special permission from the uh, the owner of Malibu. Uh, it's it pretty crazy. Actually, the the funny part was the road also was so close to the coast that you couldn't actually travel on it during uh, high tide. The new Sixth Street Bridge, Alex. Did you see? Uh, did you see drawings, or renderings of the new Sixth Street Bridge? I sure did. Very I'm, fancy, right? I'm excited about this one. I think this is really cool. Um, this is a bridge um, next to the Arts District, which is east of downtown. Um, that connects. Basically, it connects downtown to Boyle Heights. The, the bridge now is the biggest bridge in LA, is it not? I didn't know that before this, um, and I've seen the bridge many times. It doesn't look that big. But so they, they say that the, the current bridge has, uh, Curbed LA has called it concrete cancer. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess like the, the insides of the bridge are rotting. Yeah, the, the concrete is rotting. Yeah. yeah, the concrete is rotting. And if there were a major earthquake, it could collapse. So they have to redo it. And I have to say, you know, like preservation is great. In this case, I'm kind of happy they're redoing it. The bridge is not amazing. Um, really? You don't think so? I mean, it's cool because it's become an icon. It's been featured in films and... Built in 1932. Know. It's yeah, a historical it's, landmark. It's old. It, it has value because it's old, but beyond that, personally, I don't, I don't see the appeal of it so much. But I do like that the, the, the... So it's kind of got these arches, and the design that they picked to replace it has big arches too, so it's kind of reminiscent of what, what it's replacing, and I like that they picked that one. Yeah, I agree. I think it's an amazing design. Um, even the LA Weekly said it was uh, cool. What did they say? Yeah, it was cool. I, think that, I think it was cool. Like even the LA Weekly called it cool. So uh, there you go. Um, uh, lastly, uh, let's talk about this uh, Mount Washington house. It was uh, it was slated for demolition, uh, but but they found a little something inside of it, didn't they, Alex? Was it slated for demolition, or did they just need to clean it out? I think well, like the, this Mount Washington, the, this property it's owner. Oh, it was? Okay. Okay. So this, this property owner passed away, and, um, and this real estate agent um, went to go clean out the house and found this insane trove of maps from all over the world, all over the country. I guess tens of thousands of maps were found inside this Mount Washington home. Um, and rather than just throw them into the dumpster that he had procured, he decided to call up the L.A. Public Library. And the L.A. Public Library came over and checked it out and declared it a major treasure. Yeah, so the, so the LA Times said it was tens of thousands of maps, but then the, the, the maps guy 
at the LA Public Library, who's also written this um, really great book called, uh, I think it's just Los Angeles and Maps. Um, he said that it was uh, nearly a million maps and that, uh, and that it dwarfs the, the current collection uh, in the public library. Um, and the oldest map is from 1592. Oh my God! Isn't that crazy? That's like a really like I was it's under an the old map. that's a really old map. I was under the impression that these were mostly like Fodor's like AAA maps or something. Well, yeah, I mean there's so many maps, so yeah, it was yeah. weird because the LA Times said that the, they had this map from 1592, and I was like, well, let's see a photo of this map, but there was no photo of it. They just took a bunch of photos of like the tr- the boring AAA right. maps. Right. But um, yeah. One one of the articles I read called like they they quoted somebody that called the guy a hoarder rather than a collector, which, you know, is evidenced by the fact that he kept, like, every single map he ever I think that's a fair uh, description, don't you? He had, like, emptied out the guts of a stereo to (laughs) stick maps into the back of it. But the cool thing is that, um, you know, this acquisition gives uh, L.A., L.A.'s library, one of the country's top five library map archives behind the Library of Congress and public libraries in New York, Philadelphia, and Boston. Seems like we should be better than Philadelphia, though. Philadelphia's so old. Yeah, but just in terms of a city, I feel like we should be better than them in every metric possible. See, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. You know I have a soft spot for Philly. I did not know that. Um, Well, on that note, (laughs) with that important piece of information, we leave you many thanks, Alex, for uh, coming all this way and recording this podcast with me. Lovely, lovely to see you. Lovely to chat. And uh, to you, the listener, thank you so much. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, and maybe if you have a second, leave us a comment. 